Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rubber gloves have touched so much dirty stuff. And the only way to put on rubber gloves is to touch the rubber gloves. So then you take the dirty stuff that the rubber gloves are living with and then you put them on your fingers and then you stuff them into rubber and then you sweat and then it all goes into your skin so you're basically much worse off than if you use your mouth Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port Hello well, Annabelle uh, came came over today, you knocked on the door, you said, how are you? And I had to greet you with the news that I am suffering with a mild cold. Yeah, and then I did some one-upmanship and said I had a terrible cold. I know, and now, now I feel awful because I can't moan about my mild cold anymore. Well, you can't really, no, because I've got a terrible one. Um, I just hope that you're listening to this and appreciating... Just what we're putting ourselves through to do the podcast this week. Yeah. Some real heroics here. <laughs> yeah, massively so. I mean, terrible cold. Like, you can hear, can't you? Yeah. You can my mild cold, you can't, can't necessarily hear it. Hear no, it, hear it but no. you can probably tell by my lack of energy. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's the key. Yeah. Um, so, first things first, uh, I, I have a couple of questions. The first one is... Do you think you need to listen to a voicemail message somebody has left you before you ring them back? The answer is yes. Because the message might be something like, oh, don't call me back now because I'm just going out to the doctors or something. So I think the answer is yes. I think you should. I do think you should. Yep, I'm firm in that. You do. You should. What do you think? Well, my my dear, dear, dear friend, Susie. Mm-hmm is i i would say a maestro of the voicemail message she leaves a lot she she always leaves a message right. and they're they're never less than a couple of minutes long they're always entertaining okay, okay. you know she is because i'm i'm not good at voicemail messages well, i will often do retakes can you do a retake yeah if you you can either get to the end of the message and it'll say to re-record your message, press three. Oh. Or sometimes there is a button where you can abort during the message, press the hash key and start again. I said you actually do that. I didn't think anyone ever did yeah, that. Yeah, because I think the message, I'm, I'm often leaving a message and thinking, oh, this is such a dull message. <laughs> if my friend hears this, then they're not going to be my friend anymore. Okay. You know, I think, you know, your friendship is only as good as the last voicemail message you leave. Oh, right. So I will often do five or six takes of any message. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
but 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 she she is brilliant at it. I mean, all always killer voicemail messages first time. Okay, but because they are always a couple of minutes long, sometimes a bit longer. Right. I can find that I have to work my way up to listening to them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like when he's settling in for the TV of an evening. Yes, something like The Sopranos is the greatest TV ever made. We all know that. Mm. Game of Thrones. But you, you need to be in a certain psychological mindset to, 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 you have to brace yourself, really. Mm-mm. You have to settle in and think, okay, I'm ready to absorb some good quality, long, intense drama. And whereas sometimes you think, nah, I'd, 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 I'm just going to uh, watch five minutes of an episode of South Park or whatever. Do you see what I mean? Well, if someone sends me a video to watch and if it's over 30 seconds, it's very unlikely I'm going to bother. Oh, yeah, well, exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Exactly the same. So, Too long. So, so anyway, Susie leaves these messages and it can often take me a while to, to listen to them. Okay. However, that's not the scenario I'm talking about. I'm talking about, well, here's what happened the other day. She rang me mm. and... I, I was upstairs. I didn't hear the phone. I came back downstairs and I saw, you know, as I walked back down, um, a, a notification came up and said, Susie's left you a voicemail message. So there were probably between two and three minutes in between my phone ringing and me seeing that she'd left a message. Mm-hmm. So I would argue, my argument is yeah. that if you're able to ring somebody back in less than five minutes of the original call, then it's okay to do so without having first listened to the message. But you are making a good argument. It is. You're making a good if argument. You, if you just miss somebody's call by a few yeah, seconds yeah. and ring them straight back, I think it's okay. I think the social etiquette says it's okay. Okay, I'm going to go with it. Okay. All right. Oh, is that, is that, is that no, no, because then, then I called her back and she said, oh. love, have you listened to my message? Oh, so... <laughs> I said, no, no, because you just rang me a second ago. She said, oh, it really frustrates me when people don't listen to your message. Oh. I like, no, I understand that. I like you. I'm a, oh. I'm a big fan. Big fan of your messages. Big fan. But I, I think the rule should be. Right. I mean, I don't know the exact number of minutes, and maybe we can ask the drifters to involve themselves in this. Yeah. But I think if you're able to ring somebody back within certainly less than five, but maybe I'd argue less than ten minutes of the original message, then you don't need to listen to it. And had she said, don't call me back now because... Still haven't listened to it because it's two and a half minutes long and, <laughs> right, you, you know, right, you need to yeah. build your way up to these of course, things. Yeah. Good. Uh, th- so that's, that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. The second thing was, here is a social dilemma. When you go into a shop, so the, the, the very specific example I'm about to mention is it was my friend's daughter's third birthday this weekend mm-hmm. and I went to a shop not knowing what to get. Okay. So I said to the person behind the counter... I wondered if you could help me. Um, I'm, I'm after something to buy for a three-year-old's birthday. Mm-hmm. So this person then, you know, graciously takes their time to come and uh, pick something out for me. Okay. What they pick out is horrendous. I'm definitely oh. not going to buy it. Okay. It's it's. I mean, basically a Barbie doll. Not not a, not a Barbie doll, but it might right. as well be a Barbie doll. And mm. that's just not what I feel like buying for a three-year-old. Mm-mm. But when somebody has taken the time oh, to recommend it, tricky. how do you, A, decline their recommendation and B, choose something else from the same shop? Because that's what I couldn't do. I ended up going somewhere else <laughs> because I was like, oh, that's that's really good. I just need to I just, I just need to uh, I just need to pop home. 
<laughs> Get the coppers out of the jar. Yeah. I'll be but, back. But I'll, I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. You, you save it there for me. Oh, don't. So, so how can, I mean, is, is that an impossible manoeuvre? I have been through this, yep. buying someone a gift. And I have found what helps is saying, oh, yeah, they're not really into dolls, candles, white purses. Mm. They they don't wear leather. I, I just, you could just think of an excuse for all of it and then go, oh, that that one's nice. Do you think that one? Would... And then you try and put it onto them so they feel like they're having a bit of input. Like Is that a one Jedi popular? mind trick. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. That's, that's, my, that's my advice. Okay, well, there we go. This, this <laughs> is another social dilemma sorted. There are some things that move down the stream. Some of them are called Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's coming past you, and on the sail is written G L A P, which stands for GLAP, adrift. Send us stories of your woeful interactions with other human beings. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. First one's from Dave, who started listening in October and has just caught up. Wow. Yeah, impressive. Oh, he it's, says, too, it's too much that, Dave. <laughs> I mean, we really appreciate it, but that's it's too much. But well, he can take it easy now. Yeah. And he says, I feel it's time for my first story of blurting something stupid. I was driving home from work at around 11pm and he did petrol. So I stopped off at the local garage, filled the car with petrol and made my way to the shop to pay. I stood behind a lady who was already being served. I must have been stood a little too close because as she turned around to leave, she walked straight into me, which ended in a weird, creepy hug. She said, oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. I said, it's OK. I loved it. I haven't been touched like that since I got married. <laughs> Not sure why I said that. Why I'll probably say something stupid like it again. It's been a while since I went back to that petrol station. I now fuel at the garage around the corner that's two pence per litre more expensive. <laughs> I like how it ends in a weird, creepy hug. I feel yeah, like, yeah, Dave, yeah. There's, there's more going on there. <laughs> uh, this is from Jennifer. And this is response in response to the story last week about the chap getting coffee. We didn't want coffee. About eight years ago, I became part of a new group of colleagues at work. I'd worked in the organisation for years, never really been part of a team or had friendly desk buddies. Up until now, I'd kept my hot beverage drinking a solo enterprise and went and bought my own. However, new colleagues joined and desks got changed round. It was lovely. Finally, I had a bit of banter and people to chat to. It quickly became apparent we were all breaking for a hot beverage at the same time. This is where the problem started. I drank coffee with milk, which was 20p more expensive than tea. So I felt awkward asking for coffee. I didn't want them to think I was joining the round system for freeloading purposes. So I decided unless I was buying, I'd start asking for tea. Now, I drink my tea black. However, every time they brought the tea back, they all had milk. I felt I couldn't say anything as then they'd know I didn't drink tea on my round. So for the next three years, I drank tea with milk, which I find quite horrible. The problem was solved when I left the office in Berkshire for Scotland. However, when I returned to the Berkshire office, I always had to drink tea with milk. I eventually just left the company, easiest all round. And now I just drink water at work, lesson learned. What I didn't quite have a, a sense of is whether they thought, well, maybe if I flee to Scotland, I'll be able to put this behind me. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Right, I think that's okay, what yeah, yeah. And this is from Charlotte. She says, A few years ago, I started working at a medical charity where there were two clinicians in residence. One of the clinicians, Jane, was very eccentric and loud, so naturally I was terrified at the prospect of having to interact with her. Jane would often stride over to my team and ask loudly, What's new, chaps? 
to which we're all expected to have an exciting answer about the latest development in our work. My nervousness about the pressure of this question very quickly took me to the point where I would prepare an answer just in case, jotting it down on a post-it for ease of reference. After around three months, I was comfortably settling into my new role when I was invited to have my first meeting with Jane. Although nervous, I knew we would be joined by my boss, Trudy, who knew Jane very well. The meeting came around, Trudy introduced us both, and the rest of the meeting went by gloriously uneventfully. I then had a follow-up meeting, completely one-on-one for a full hour, which also went surprisingly well. I began updating my post-it notes more enthusiastically, assuming that my name would definitely have moved up Jane's list of chaps for well-intended interrogation. Fast forward to six months in, I'd now had numerous meetings with Jane, so was completely unfazed when I was asked to hold a meeting by myself with both of the clinicians. Okay, I was terrified, but I was determined to do a good job and was feeling relatively confident following my previous successes. Jane arrived late, so I was already in deep discussion with the other clinician when she arrived and she jumped straight into the conversation, skipping the usual niceties. The meeting came to a close and I was just giving myself a mental pat on the back for surviving when Jane held her hand and said, sorry we didn't get to introduce ourselves, I'm Jane, it's nice to meet you. I was entirely taken back. Jane and I had met at least 15 times by this point, (laughs) once, completely by ourselves. For some reason, this surprised me so much that I couldn't quite get my words out. I tried to say, I'm Charlotte and I work for Trudy to try and help her make the connection. But after several painful seconds, I instead shouted, Trudy! (laughs) Right in Jane's face. Horrorstruck, it immediately dawned on me that I had rather aggressively introduced myself as Trudy rather than my actual name. (laughs) Worse still, this all happened in front of the other clinician who knew exactly what my name was and was visibly confused as to why I was now lying about it to her colleague. Obviously, the logical thing would have been to explain myself immediately, perhaps with a small giggle to demonstrate my comfort and ability to laugh at myself. But let's be honest, if that had been the natural action that followed, then I would not be a listener of this podcast. (laughs) What happened in reality was eight whole months of being on high alert, looking out for any sign that Jane could be approaching. Every time she did, I was forced to run away as quickly as possible (laughs) to avoid someone inevitably overhearing her refer to me as Trudy. (laughs) Group meetings became an unbearable ordeal, ending on more than one occasion with someone asking me, are you okay? Due to my approach of sinking as far down as possible in my chair, whilst not saying a word for the entire meeting. Naturally, this was in the hope this would make me invisible. I stopped updating my post-its after that and instead updated my CV. It's very strong. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed all those this week. Uh, please send us your story. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift with you, which is saying something about you. Annabelle, I'm sitting comfortably and I am ready for yet another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult. Part 41. My pathetic attempts to style things out. And I have a recent incident to illustrate what I mean because I'm aware that is quite vague. So my dog, Rusty Scruff, Teddy Bear King, he's firm but fair. He had to go Do you to still, th- still use the full nickname with him? Every time. Had to go to the vets recently. Now, the reason why he had to go, I know there is some shame attached to it, but I'm just going to come out and say it. He had fleas. Actually, I didn't realise that there was shame attached until I was buying some special flea came on the internet. And in the question and answers bit, I saw that people kept asking if it arrived in identifying packaging. Like the (laughs) neighbours would see it, like see the word flea and gossip. 
<laughs> anyway, I'm not ashamed. I'm sure it's like kids and lice and fleas only live on clean dogs. <laughs> Actually, I don't think that at all. You know, that's what they just say to kids to no, protect their feelings. No, that's not true. It it's is. not true. It is. Anyway, I don't believe that about my dog because I think that he got them from the fox that spends most of its night in our front garden like it's some fashionable fox nightclub. I blame that fox as this fox almost certainly has a vendetta against us. Like comes in every night. He does a little tiny little small poo, poo on the doorstep. Like he didn't really need to go, but made the effort to squeeze it out a little bit to torment <laughs> us. Then he digs a hole in the flower bed. And if Tom has left a muddy shoe on the doorstep, he gets it. And somehow, I don't know how, he takes out all the shoelaces and choose them which is quite impressively dexterous really it was just loads of wheeze everywhere and as far as i'm concerned gave rusty fleas but this wasn't enough for him because on sunday night rusty had had his dinner al fresco and tom forgot to bring the bowl back in and we opened the front door on monday morning and the fox had done an absolutely ginormous poo in the dog's bowl like perfectly in it and it was huge like it saved it up for a week and this bowl, where it had been left, he would have had to poo in it at a really awkward angle. <laughs> this fox hates us. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to get bogged down in the fox stuff. So I was saying I took Rusty to the vet because he was really miserable with all the itching and you can get special medication for that. And Rusty is really afraid of the vet. Like ever since he was neutered there, he's been very, very anxious. He's probably concerned about what body part will be removed next. So fair enough. So I'm worried about taking him, but we've got an appointment. So I arrive exactly on time in the hope that we won't have to wait too long as that'll just increase his anxiety. But there's an older couple in there with their two cats and the woman is sitting down with them. But the man is talking to the nurse at reception and he is going on and on and asking endless questions that involve the nurse having to keep consulting someone else. And I'm getting more and more impatient. And I'm having to stop people from coming over and stroking Rusty as he's got fleas. But I don't want to say that because of this stigma. So I'm saying, oh, um, don't touch him. He's got a skin condition. And I'm wondering if I should have brought him in, even though I called ahead and they said to. And all the while, this guy is going on and on. So I do that bad thing when you're frustrated and I look straight ahead, clearly irritated. Then I close my eyes for a few seconds and then open them again. It's I call it the God give me patience. Eye yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And then I see out of the corner of my eye, the wife sees me do this. I've been caught. And I don't want her to know I'm irritated by them fussing over their cats. So I've got no choice to pretend that this is what I do. <laughs> so I close my eyes for a few seconds a lot, like it's a tick. And for the rest of my time there, I have to keep on doing it, but looking everywhere, not just at her husband, like the floor, the ceiling, her cats in their basket. My eyelids ache by the end. And I'll tell you who I blame, that fox. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a show called Adrift. Are you coping all right over there? With my cold? Yeah. Yeah, just about. Yeah, just about. I mean, I'm on the verge of not coping. You're, you're very brave. You're, so you're very good. brave. So and we're good. having technical issues as well. Ugh. I mean, don't like to moan about it, but I'm going to. Okay. Um, like we sound weird in our headphones. Mm. It's probably a bit better for you because you've got so much mucus in your head <laughs> that you're not noticing it. Mm. But, you know, it's we're, we're struggling a little bit tonight. And I want to get finished quite soon. Oh, yeah. Because my wife is on telly. Yes, I know. I want to see it. Uh, at 10 o'clock. And it's, it's quarter past nine on Tuesday evening now. Mm, mm. Um, we're going right to the wire with the podcast this week, aren't we? Mm, wow. Um, like most weeks. No, no. So some weeks we do it on the Monday. <laughs> some, don't we? some, yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah uh, so Sarah's on live at the Apollo on BBC Two tonight which i know what you're thinking you're thinking why are you telling me this now that is in the past mm. by virtue of the fact that this is a podcast 
but you'll be able to watch it on the iPlayer. Catch up. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying to Annabelle, I'm slightly worried. I did a Facebook post about it, which I wouldn't normally. You know, if it's anything to do with me and work, I wouldn't do it. But I'll I'll do a Facebook post if it's something to do with Sarah, not because I want to show off about my wife, but she would never do it herself. Mm. And I want the people, all her friends and family back home in America to know that she's doing all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And things things like that help. But you will be able to uh, find it on iPlayer or if you're not in the UK, I'm sure it'll pop up on YouTube at some stage or other. Um, so, so yeah, we should crack on. Oh, so have you? Because we, we revealed last week that your lover, Tom, has been in a very intense uh, scoliosis therapy mm. and, and, and thus unable to film your tour de Snaresbrook, which mm. the Patreon supporters have been waiting for for a long time now. Mm. But you you promised to mm. ask him and, and come back with an answer this week. I might like I'm, I'm looking at your <laughs> face and I'm trying to scrutinise what you're thinking. Mm. Is what you're trying to think of a lie? Yeah. Right. Okay. No, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say I'm going to be honest. Say. I haven't mentioned it. Forgot. But uh, he's not. He's got nothing on at the moment. So. Um, what, any any name any Friday, okay, a couple of Fridays time. Okay, I don't know. I need to. Can I just look at? I mean, what, do you expect me to look at my calendar? Do you want me to see what I'm doing the next couple? No, of let's days? let's not bore people. No, this is, this is Friday the sixth. Uh, oh, I can't do Friday the sixth. Okay, uh, Friday the thirteenth. Oh, unlucky! <laughs> can't do that. I oh, really? Oh no! What about the next one? Um. Well, Friday the 20th looks at the moment like it might be a possibility. Okay, well, it could gonna be a Christmas. No, we won't get it in time for Christmas, will we? Well, maybe no. it could. Well, no, because he's going to have to yeah. edit it. Because, yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to do... I mean, it's going to be a full production, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like watching something you'd see on a satellite channel. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be as good oh. as something on one of the main channels, but it'd be good as something you would see on, like, London Live, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe it had to be another day of the week then. Okay, then. Uh, we, we'll we'll, we'll... <laughs> yeah, we'll discuss that another time. I want to know what is going on in your common law marriage that you've you, you're talking about so many different things that this just keeps slipping your mind every week. <laughs> We've started watching Succession. We don't talk anymore. <laughs> Anyway, uh, more on that next week, which is exactly what I said last week. <laughs> can we can we make a firm promise? Yes, yes. Okay. On the Bible. On the Bible. <laughs> uh, more, more on that next week. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hi. It's a show and it's also a demeanor. I'm going to try and tell a story, but it might get too weird. Okay, I'm interested. <laughs> My son goes to this nursery. Mm-hmm. And as I've explained before, my wife and I, we 
are not the best at mixing with the other parents and getting involved in social occasions and so on. Mm -hmm. So when on the rare occasion we have been invited or our son has been invited to another kid's birthday party, we're often out in the cold. Whereas the other parents, like a lot of them seem to be familiar with each other, have some kind of rapport and so on. Mm -hmm. And, And the best we do really is observe them from afar. For example, there was some kind of parents evening thing about six or eight months ago, we went along. Nobody else really spoke to us, oh. uh, but we observed some of the other parents. Now, there is these two brothers in the nursery class who my son is obsessed with. Mm-hmm. They, they're like they're the cool kids, basically, okay. and he really wants to befriend the cool kids, but the heartbreaking truth is they're not very interested in him. Okay. And actually the older brother has now gone off to big school. Okay. So we go to this parents evening, the cool kids parents are there, and do you know what? They are exactly the people you think are going to be the cool kids parents. Right, right. Like they they look like models the both of them. Mhm. And here is the weird thing. During this parents' evening, it's like a group parents' evening where the people who run the nursery, they talk to us about different issues rather than just talking about your kid. Okay. So it's, you're the audience, so to speak, while they speak. Anyway, this this particular couple, the prom king and the prom queen, <laughs> right? they're very affectionate with each other. No. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't go as far as to say sexual, but you know the kind of body language that you have with somebody when you've perhaps been dating three weeks. And they've got two children. Yeah. In wow. fact, now they've got three children. No. And because the eldest one has gone to secondary school, that makes him about five years old, which means that they are at least six years into that relationship and still very sort of physically affectionate with each other. And they've got three children, like it's five so, and yeah, under. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 yeah, yeah. And they don't it's, hate each other. Bit. No, it's what so that? weird. What? It's so weird that you would be that affectionate with each other at that point in a relationship. I've said before that Game of Thrones, the, the, the bit where I had the difficulty suspending my belief, it wasn't the dragons and the mystical powers or anything like that, or the night walkers. Uh, it was, it was Jamie and Cersei Lannister. And it wasn't that they were having an incestuous relationship. <laughs> it was this brother and sister having an incestuous relationship. It was that they were both in their like, 30s or 40s and they still seemed very passionate. <laughs> this relationship had been going on for a long time. Right. That was the unbelievable, not yeah, the incest, yeah. but the fact that there would be that much passion after that many years. Of course, that's bizarre, yeah. So I'd, I'd become quite fascinated with these parents. Mm-hmm. And I have on occasion you know, tried to make small talk with them. But here's what I think goes on. They are at a level of beauty as people, attractiveness as people, where I don't think they register me as being part of the same species as them. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, they, they, it's, it's like if, if an alien came to Earth, mm. he would think that I was some kind of troglodyte species and and they're the ones at the top of the food chain which is you know that is how it goes with good looking people we we all know really that is is how it goes so i've been mildly fascinated with by them because of the uh because of the strange physical affection mm-hmm. but I've, I've been unable to ask any questions or find anything out about them but they have piqued my curiosity mm, they piqued mine right 
Now, you'll know, because you, your son is in nursery, that they have these social media apps just for nurseries. Mm-hmm. So you can go on and look at pictures of your kid and you can comment and like and all the things you would do on Facebook or Instagram or, or whatever, but it's just sort of a closed thing for your children in the nursery. Mm-hmm. And several times a day I'll get a notification that something new has been posted and I'll get excited and think it's going to be a picture of my kid. And if it's not, I could not be less interested. Oh, yeah, why would you be? Yeah, I, I almost feel annoyed that I've had a notification. Yeah. However, what I noticed is that when a parent likes it, their full name comes up. Oh, okay. And you can click on their full name. Amazing, yeah. And I, I noticed that um, the, the father yeah. of the boy who's still in... Jean's class yeah, yeah. has liked something so I now have information it's his name brilliant yeah. and, and, and what's more it is a name that is unique enough to make it completely Googleable. yes this is brilliant yeah yeah so of course you so I Google him yeah and like what I'm hoping to find out is these people are fools they're very attractive they're very physically affectionate but there's not much going on in in their head and they live in a this is what i'm hoping for yeah, they, yeah. that they're vacuous people yeah yeah he is a managing director of an investment bank oh and, and you you may be hearing that and thinking yes he's a capitalist pig <laughs> but he's also sort of set up a charity mm. he mentors young people from difficult backgrounds I mean, he's he's done amazing stuff, right? So, and that from him, I get to her. Oh, good. She was some kind of human rights lawyer. No. Yeah. Wow. And I've not got any sense of this from talking to them, purely because you know they can't interact with me because mm. they can't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you spend googling? Well, I, I just—I mean, this is the truth. I got deeper and oh, deeper and deeper. I could easily spend a no, day. No, I mean, no, it, oh, was, it, was, it, was, it was probably a day and a half or something. <laughs> I mean, I, it turned out that her mother was this serious academic that, that people know and, you know, respect and had an obituary in The Guardian and wow. stuff. So I'm finding all this. They're, they're like really impressive people. <laughs> and part of me is like, well, why aren't they interested in me? Mm. I'm nice. Mm. These are people, they're really politically active and go on marches and stuff. And but then, like you look at their Instagram accounts, yeah, and they are living these fabulous lives. Like there's a picture of him on some glorious holiday somewhere with no shirt on, outstretched in a waterfall, like he's the angel, and this muscular, <laughs> rippling body. I'm feeling it. Like their lives are so perfect. But I've gone really deep, like I say I've done, and yeah. it was all I was thinking about really for a whole weekend. Yeah, yeah. And then something awful happened. Yeah. So this weekend there was a winter fair on at a local school. Mm. So we went along to it because, you know, it's something to do. And they were there. Yeah. And I couldn't speak to them. I mean, I couldn't interact with them. No. Because you know when you know too much yeah. about somebody. Yeah. So you feel I've, like a creep. Yes. Yeah. Which I think I am. <laughs> so I've gone from being just a guy who who passes them to say hello and, and tries to get a bit of small talk out of them, mm. you know, at the nursery because I want the... Uh, the powerful, attractive people to to like me, Mm. to knowing so much detail about their lives Mm. that I can't speak through through fear Mm. of blurting something out about the holiday they had in the Maldives (laughs) in 2015 or something. (laughs) What do I do? I can't look at them. I mean, I already felt completely inadequate around them, but I'm just terrified that one of them is going to speak to me now. What's terrible is that all I want to do now is just to stop so you can give me their names and I can do some Googling. And I've never even met them. Right, let's do it. I'll show you now. Please, please, 
Please get in line and stand by the wall. I'm not going to shoot you. This is a show called Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. I've, uh, I've now shown Annabelle some photos on Instagram. Mm, I got all bitter, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really it's, bitter. it's very easy. I mean, their yeah. life is so perfect. It's yeah. very easy to get bitter, especially when you know that they do important things with their lives and, and they're sort of moral, good, interesting, socially engaged people. It made me more bitter. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to go and do some mindfulness now to kind of get over this. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's uh, let's get on to Quandary Corner in the Glap Clinic. Okay, this first one is from Ree, and I feel this is very much for you. Okay. I'm writing to the Glap Clinic after a shameful encounter regarding the use of toilets in establishments of which you are not the customer. This is exactly the sort of topic I'm sure you've discussed, but as far as I'm aware, we haven't established any hard and fast rules. So we'll do that today. Today's incident began as it often does with me being reminded that I, like Jeff, am a slave to my bowel. The urge began before I'd boarded the bus home and I'd assume the gritty determination that's become familiar to me in these moments. If I can con- concentrate on controlling the urge until I get home, everything will be all right. But it got worse. As I lighted the bus with another 15 minute walk to my house, I spotted a pub on the corner. I knew exactly where the loo was. I ducked into the pub, sighing with relief. Alas, someone had just closed the lady's cubicle and I felt I could not wait in plain sight in front of the bar without any money on me and no time to waste. Then I remembered a cafe down the road where I had seen people walk in and ask just to use the loo and been welcomed with open arms. I quickly and gingerly hobbled down the road and stepped inside. To my horror, the small cafe was completely empty aside from the cashier and someone intricately painting the only toilet door handle. Oh no, oh no. I looked around as if searching for a friend in the clearly empty room, pausing. I made an expression that I hoped said, I have no idea where I am or why I came in here and marched out. I thought I was done for. Either I make it the 10 minutes home on foot or I literally relieve myself on the busy street. But wait, finally, I see a restaurant with a clear path to the loo and I dash in to use it. After a huge sense of relief and gratefulness that I wouldn't have to move house after soiling myself in the street, <laughs> I walked out of the restaurant trying to avoid eye contact. To my horror, I was in- excuse me. <coughs> You're right there. Yeah. I was intercepted by a waitress who had clearly been waiting for me. Are you a customer? No, I just had to use the- Well, I'm afraid you can't do that. You kept a customer waiting. I apologised profusely and left with a feeling of crushing shame. Oh, no. I can obviously never return to that restaurant again, but my embarrassment has started to turn into righteousness. What else could I have done? Maybe I should have said, OK, sure, next time I'll just go in the street out of the way next to your outdoor seating so your customers don't need to wait. Surely these people, restaurant owners, waitresses, whoever makes the rules, knows that nobody goes to a loo in a crowded restaurant for sheer pleasure yes, or amusement. exactly that, yes. If I'd had an option, I'd much rather use my own bathroom. Of course. Is this all right? Do you always have to buy something? I didn't have any money on me anyway. I immediately texted a friend about this horror and she told me you can order I need to use the loo urgently wallet cards online to pass to waitresses. <coughs> But isn't the embarrassment of this so much worse? Is there a rule for this situation? Oh, it's It's very so, much for you. This it, one. I mean, it is. I, I mean, it is my dilemma a lot of the time. I think also, if you are a slave to your bowel, there's, there's something that goes on physically in your body um, whereby when 
your brain sends the signal, okay, we're almost there, this is about to happen. There's no going back at that point. Right. So you were in that restaurant and your choice was to to go or to just go, you know what I mean? Yep. And, and yep. You, you made the right decision. I, I would feel very aggrieved at the waitress as well. My wife says would would tell you that what she considers to be her superpower is asking to use the loo in a place where she's not a customer in a very likable way uh, that they will always say yes whereas that doesn't work for me i've i've often had sorry it's for customers only and i'm guessing if you're in this extremely desperate state where maybe you're kind of sweating and like how easy is it to kind of turn on that charm and oh it's not easy nicely? it's not easy or you're like it's, i just want to go to the toilet is yeah, all it's, you it's, can... it's like there's a, a bomb about to go off and the count is ticking it's had ticking. you heard about these cards this is a no, real thing no because i mean what i might have said to the waitress to try and make her feel ashamed oh good yeah this is something like i'm so sorry I, i'm i'm not very well please excuse me and then hopefully she'd feel guilty about you being unwell but the trouble is there you're putting the image in her mind that you've just gone and done something yeah. very explosive yeah, yeah yeah which you know you either are or you're not embarrassed about I, i'm not that embarrassed about that i've said before that on a plane like i need to wee a lot as well mm. and if, if i go to the on a short haul flight i can go to the toilet three times and on the third time i'll walk up the aisle of rubbing my tummy to him so that people don't think why does he keep going to the toilet they'll just think oh he's he's, he's got a bad case of the and you'd rather they thought that you had a weak bladder yeah or something weird was going on right <laughs> i don't think anyone's thinking something weird's going on you know I, i'm not that embarrassed about um people thinking i've got explosive diarrhea okay, yeah but okay. um i mean generally i will buy something cheap but even because i don't drink i don't go in pubs very often these Mm. days but i've been in pubs recently in london to use the toilet and you know if the toilets are past the bar if i can go in and i don't make any eye contact with the person behind the bar i'll just go to the toilet Mm -hmm. but if if i have to sort of go past the barman or the barwoman Bar lady, barmaid. Barmaid feels like an old fashioned thing to say, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, tender will do. Yeah, bartender. Bartender. <laughs> uh, then, then I'll generally just order a diet coke. But they, even that can be like three, three quid mm. or more. Small packet of peanuts. Yeah. I think maybe you're right in that if you can get away with it, hmm. just go in and out. No one needs to know. They, 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 they haven't seen you. They haven't noticed. They don't need to be aggrieved hmm. by it. You can't get away with it. Buy the cheapest item you can. If you have no money on you apologize yeah and say sorry i've got a condition well that that in a way is what this um i've got a urine a urine well, condition but why couldn't you just print a card where it says i have a medical condition would it be okay to use your toilet yes although yes. does that imply i mean this is the thing like you 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 don't want anything that implies you're going to be creating work for the person yeah, who but cleans the toilet. That's why you suggest that it's a urine problem. So you say, I have a medical condition involving my bladder. Please may I use your toilet urgently. So that's bit, good. That's good. Not a bit much to be handed over on a piece of card. <laughs> Like you can you can edit it down. I think that you haven't seen the film The Joker. I take it. No, yeah, no. yeah. But I mean, he he carries a card around with him, and I mean, not for this, right? Um. So so maybe I mean maybe people are becoming more open to the idea of explaining strange behaviour with I, a card. I do think this bladder condition. I think I might have hidden something here because it doesn't suggest that it's disgusting and smelly and messy. I'm now thinking I want like 
a card for each of my strange behaviours <laughs> that I can just hand to people. Because then you don't have to make eye contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this idea. Okay, there we go. There's, there's your answer. You gave us the answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let's move on then to Cinova. I have an urgent quandary that I hope you can help me with. Two weeks ago, I got a job as a Christmas extra at a retail store. It's a temporary job that will end as soon as the Christmas chaos is over. I've been asked in a group chat on Facebook to contribute to a Christmas present for the boss. I don't want to seem like a selfish person, but this is someone I just met. I'm a temporary employee along with half of the other people in the group. And I understand coming from a full-time employee perspective, they want to do something nice for their boss. And I think that's great. I feel cornered and pressured to absolutely participate. Help! Am I a horrible person? And if not, how do I get out of this? Mm. Just ignore it. Port protocol? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Pretend it never happened. Yeah, pretend it never happened. And if someone picks you up on it, just say, I'm totally scared. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And then just keep saying... And then, then just pretend that it didn't happen again. Yeah, and then if they bring it up again... Because you'll be gone. I you'll mean, you're gone. only yes. here for a very Two short weeks. amount of time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is, I mean, straight, this is a classic port protocol. Great. Up and down. Great. Just to, yeah, pretend like it didn't happen. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a social dilemma that you would like us to try and solve for you, or if you have a story of your own uh, poor attempts to interact with your fellow human beings, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our little eye dance. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided our technical support. Carla Gowlett took photos. <laughs> Don't know what went on there. Uh, Carla Gowlett took photos. Kim Rainey made the artwork. And um, Trudy! Adrift. Podication time then, Annabelle. Yes. Just going to uh, open it up, see what it says. Comes from Claire, who says, Hiya, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hiya. Claire says, I did it. I hit the Patreon and I am now an official paid up drifter. As my husband, Grant, and myself are socially inept, we decided four years ago to move to the back of beyond in northern Scotland and rescue animals instead. This comes with the added bonus of ensuring that we essentially throw money at largely ungrateful animals. <laughs> so it sounds like a good life. Though. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Noodles the Gander attacks us on a daily basis to show his undying love, while Fern and Holly, the coon-coon pigs... I don't know that type of pig. <laughs> Sound do nice. No, yeah. I don't know them either. Uh, ...are in a constant state of PMT, and we are now experts at vaulting farm gates. Our glamorous lifestyle has seen me walking around a Tesco's with a bit of horse poo stuck to the back of my leggings. It wasn't even a little bit. It was a substantial hanger-on. I did notice people looking a bit strangely at me, but to be honest, I don't consider that unusual. The horse poo fell off as I was loading the shopping onto the checkout and I had to pick it up. 
with my hands, Ooh. with Ooh. people watching on, Ooh. and put it in a carrier bag. I bet you had to pay for as well. <laughs> um, I'm almost certain I saw the cashier gag. <laughs> Returning home, I immediately called my hairdresser and booked to have my hair dyed so people would not think I was the horse poo woman in Tesco's, but rather a new face in the village. Anyway, as I have to disappear for two weeks at a time uh, to work on an oil rig to essentially pay for animals to humiliate me... <laughs> This is fascinating. Wow, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, because it's always been a great dream of yours to go and do a, some kind of performance on an oil rig, hasn't Never it? Never has. It's your I remember this was something you used fantasy. to talk about all the time. It's your pure fantasy. Um, <coughs> Entertainment. Uh, I wondered if you could do a publication for my husband, Grant. Uh, he's put up with me repeatedly saying, this is a, insert any animal you can think of, needing a home. Can we? He looks after them all while I'm away, and despite being a big, rough ex-policeman, he is actually just a big softy who sheds tears when our ex-battery chicken, Elizabeth Taylor, passed away. At the moment of writing, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis are still going strong. (laughs) I I love your life. Mm, Sounds good, doesn't it? It does. Um, I really love Grant as well. Do you remember me saying, uh, I, I sort of blurted out that I wanted to nestle into, I was introduced to my friend's husband the other week and I, I, I blurted out that I could just nestle in his chest. <laughs> That's how I feel about Grant. Uh, more about Grant. He held one of our horses, Jack, when he had to be put to sleep and spoke to him until the end, telling him he loved him and he was a good boy. It's too much. It's too, it's much. too much. We've been to, through a lot together and I never tell him enough just how much I love him. He really is my world. And despite managing to injure himself in the most bizarre of ways on an almost daily basis, last injury, he stuck a screwdriver into the palm of his hand right in, uh, not even a little bit in, and I had to pull it out and poke the fat back in while vomiting in the sink. Oh, Oh, I'm going off your life now. I wouldn't change a thing about him. Keep up the work and uh, and know that someone in the north of Scotland is shoveling horse poo whilst listening to you. Lots of love, Claire. I mean, it was the the last bit really has put me off now. It sounds horrific. Yeah, but the, the rest of it sounds idyllic. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you got any contacts on the oil rig for <laughs> for Annabelle, to, I don't want to go to the oil rig. Like, but I do. Not that, not, nothing against. So it, you do then. I don't want to go and entertain. I'd like to go and have a look around. For how long? A week? No, no an hour. Annabelle, what? You know, all the effort that would be expended in getting you onto that rig. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. You'd spend a bit longer. All than right, that, I'll go for it. the day. Okay. So if Claire comes back and says, I've spoken to uh, spoken to the relevant people <laughs> on the rig, um, we'd love to have you for a day. You'd do it. I don't know, because like, how good is it going to be? Great. It's going to be amazing. You just look around, it'll it's be, water. be amazing. It's like just being on a boat, isn't no, it? No, I mean, that's, I think, you know, it's barely scratches. It's Claire will tell you. It barely oh, right. scratches the okay. surface. Okay, well, I'll do a bit yeah. of research first. Okay. Um, why don't you do your research on the rig and then you can go <laughs> for a day and then decide if you want to stay for a week? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I'm fascinated by oil rigs because they can't watch videos on them, can they? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Grant, I, I hope I hope you hear those lovely words from Claire. Oh. I hope you know. I, I, I like the fact that there's a slight emotional dysfunction, so she's not able to say these to you very often. These types of things, but they're they're all there, and uh, hope life's good there in the north of Scotland with all those critters 
like Ellie Mae Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies with all her critters. Mm. Do you remember that? Not really, no. No, you would just... I, could tell, I, I know mm. when you're just pretending. <laughs> uh, all right, Claire, hope all's well on the rig. And if you'd like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.